you are listening to The Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration, passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations, and let's together make the remarkable happen. My name is Janine Garner and I am the host of this podcast, Unleashing Brilliance, a podcast where I get to talk to people from all over the world, from all walks of life and all industries and all levels of uh, position within organizations to really understand from their perspective what they discovered in terms of unleashing their own brilliance and their advice for each and every single one of you. Today's episode, I had the absolute pleasure of sitting down and chatting to the amazing, the awesome, the brilliant Maz Farley. Now, if you want to know why, as she says, it's your job, nobody else's, to be interesting, then make sure you listen in. She talks about the importance of cutting through white noise um, and how you get remembered and how you get noticed and therefore influence more. And one of the critical things she talks about is the A, B, C and D of creating impact. As she says, it's not just about being curious, but it's about developing the skill to think about what other people haven't thought about. Now, if you want to know a bit more about her, as she says, if you've watched it, she has probably made it and won an award for it. Uh, She has made the biggest shows in the world with the biggest teams, the biggest budgets, the biggest ratings, and more often than not, the biggest egos. And as she is willing to accept, generally, that is her own. Uh, Maz Farrelly is the producer behind five series of Big Brother, Uh, The Madness is the Celebrity Apprentice and the Delight that is the Farmer Wants a Wife. She's also created Dancing with Stars and the long-running and often controversial Q&A show, which appears on the ABC here in Australia. Her social media hits are sitting around a billion and she's a regular media expert on TV, conference panels, podcasts, and often writing about her thoughts in various magazines and newspapers. Essentially, Maz has spent 20 years getting people camera ready, and she's trained everyone from celebrities to cybersecurity experts, pop stars to politicians, scientists to sporting legends, academics to Hollywood A-listers, and everyone in between. The President of the United States and the future King of England have been on her shows. And what she now does is use those TV tips and techniques to help CEOs and leaders engage their audience, grab attention, and create impact. In my world, what Maz is absolutely awesome at is teaching all of us how to unleash our inner brilliance and create the impact that we want to create and leave the impact that we want to lead. Uh, leave even. Oh my goodness me, I need another cup of coffee. So on that, grab yourself a cuppa, pour your favorite drink, pull up a seat and enjoy this latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance with the fabulous Maz Farrelly. Well, it's an absolute joy to be here today with the fabulous Maz Farrelly, my guest on this podcast, Unleashing Brilliance. I think we're in for a hell of a ride over the next 30 minutes. I have no no idea really what's going to come out of Maz's mouth, but I know no it's me. worthwhile. So come on, Maz, tell us, where, what is it that you do and um, how did you end up 
here? I help people to be interesting which sounds like a very unusual thing to do. And it's not because I'm interesting, because if you were stuck in a lift with me, you would long to plummet to your own certain death. But I encourage people to think about themselves and their businesses in a different way, because lots of us speak in white noise. We write white noise. We say white noise when we're on stage. Our websites are white noise. And given my TV background, I used to make TV and um, movies, if you're white noise, people are gone and they are never coming back. And in my previous life, we'd have about 15 seconds to get you, to get your attention and to grab you. And if we didn't get it in about 15 seconds, 30 seconds, you're gone and you are never coming back. And that is tens of millions of dollars down the drain. So I get people to, people, individuals and corporates uh, to be interesting, to grab attention, keep attention, think differently about themselves and their businesses. Wow. So you mentioned their previous life. Tell me a little bit about previous life. Well, I, uh, if you've watched it, uh, I probably made it because I've been doing this for a very long time. So I used to make the really, really, really big shows. So the ratings juggernauts. And it's a strange thing. Thing because uh, I've made shows about absolutely every single thing imaginable, from architecture to politics to current affairs to reality to cooking to dancing to singing, ev- absolutely everything. AFL. Uh, what's interesting about it is you become an expert in that world for a very short time, and that is fascinating. Uh, and then the moment you stop doing it, you completely forget. So things like uh, in this country, Big Brother. I think I did five series of Big Brother between here and the UK when it was, you know, the show that stopped the nation. Uh, the Farmer Wants a Wife, which is just adorable and lovely, and they do genuinely fall in love, and it's very sweet. Uh, the Celebrity Apprentice, which is the equivalent of, I suspect, taking acid, because I've never taken acid, but it was an extremely unusual, uh, varied experience. Uh, but I also uh, helped create Q&A for the ABC. So I've done pretty much kind of everything uh, and made movies. Uh, and now I use all of those skills. Uh, and I didn't think there were any skills. By the time I finished doing it, I thought, I know nothing. I, I literally know nothing except how to make TV. And then I realized I know how to engage audiences. I know how to reinvent things. I know how to make things interesting. So I use all my TV skills now. And uh, it's great. It's been, yeah, 20 years funneled into uh, what I do now. And I couldn't possibly have done it without having had my previous career. It would be impossible. I love it. Now, before we get into, because this whole concept of helping people be interesting and uh pushing past or through the white noise I want to explore but before we get there can you um was was there ever a watershed moment in your life that has essentially got you to here can you remember a moment where you went oh my gosh that's that's what got me into doing what I'm doing now is there a moment you can absolutely clear as day so we have a mutual genius friend Kieran Flanagan And Kieran is wildly engaging. And she's in the same kind of area. She comes from an advertising background. So she thinks differently about everything. She's a brilliant storyteller. And I was doing a talk uh, for a charity. And actually, my old business partner at the time uh, said, on Friday, I have to go to Adelaide to do a talk for a children's charity. So I'm not going to be here. I went, yeah, great. That's a really nice thing to do. And then Thursday evening, he said to me, right, you know the talk in Adelaide tomorrow? And I went, yeah. And he said, 
I'm not doing it. I gave them your name and you're doing it and the flights are booked and there's a car picking off at four in the morning. <laughs> I cannot believe you did that. But I could believe he did it because he was always doing things like that because he was naughty. And I met Kieran Flanagan at the airport and within about five seconds, I loved her. And we did the talk. And afterwards, I was saying to her, look, you know, I, I put people on TV, probably about 10,000 people. And actually, as a producer, I have notes for everyone on earth, everyone. But I don't have any notes for you. You were brilliant. That's extraordinarily unusual in my world. And uh, she said, oh, that's nice to hear because I thought you were brilliant. You know, is this your full-time job? And I said, no, I've never done it before, ever. She went, right, you should do this. This is, this is your thing. And uh, she told me about Thought Leaders Business School and said, have a think about this. Go along. If it's not for you, you know, don't bother. And I went back uh, and I thought about it. And I'd kind of done this thing, Janine, where I'd woken up next to television and looked at television and said, I don't love you anymore. And I don't know why. And you haven't done anything. But, you know, it's, you know, the usual thing you say, it's not you, it's me. Uh, although I always say it's you, not me. Uh, I just woke up next to television one day and thought, I don't love you. I don't love you anymore. And because I don't love you, I shouldn't be doing this. And meeting Kieran was the right thing at the right time. And uh, it <laughs> changed my life. But it really did. It changed my life. And now I do this and it's full time. And I leap out of bed and I love it. And I love it when people contact me and say, I changed my business because of you. Like, oh, my God, I love you. I literally could lick them. So, uh, yeah, I am delighted. So I love Talk to me about that change. I changed my business because of you. And I'm imagining this links to that, that concept you alluded to earlier about there's just so much noise going on right now. If we have any chance to unleash our own brilliance, we've actually got to stand out and be interesting. So from your perspective, what have you learned from TV that you're bringing into your work now and why is it so important today? Well, when I do talks, I have one slide that is the pivotal moment. Uh, and I always say to the people that I'm speaking with, I say, you know, is this going well? Do you like me? And, you know, nine out of ten times they go, yeah, 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 we like you. Yeah, it's great. They go, right, that's about to change because I'm about to tell you something that is the brutal truth. But, you know, I'm not your mama and someone needs to say this to you. And my slide says this. It is not my job to be interested. It is your job to be interesting. And it's an awful thing to hear, but it's true. And I say, just because you're the CEO and you're standing on the stage at your conference or your AGM or in front of the board, if you're dull, I will use the remote control on you. I will switch you off. I will just stop listening. If your website is not interesting in the first paragraph, I will never click through. You know, it's called clickbait for a reason. You know, if your videos are not interesting, I will not watch them. And we think because we publish stuff that people are going to read it. But the brutal truth is, no, there's so much out there. We're in competition. TV is in competition with everything. I'm in competition with your kids wanting your attention, walking the dog, all other TV shows, every book that's ever created. I'm in competition with sporting events. I'm in competition with weather. If the weather is good, people don't watch TV. I have to work so hard for your attention. So I know that it's not about me wanting you to watch something. I have to make you want to watch it. 
And I think businesses and individuals approach life that way. And I say to people, hope is not a strategy. I, you know, I hope that someone reads your website and I hope they're interested enough in you to want to interview you or give you a job. But that's not strategy. You have to have a strategy. You have to make them interested. And the way you make them interested is if you're interesting. And it's such a basic thing. And people hate public speaking, I think, because they don't know what to say or how to say it. And when you nail, you know, if you're at a barbecue and someone says, what do you do? Why do you do it? If you can nail it, the world is your oyster. Because you can have the best idea or service or product in the world. But if you can't tell people what it is in an interesting way, I just stay home. Open the gin. Sit at home. <laughs> so you are absolutely a very interesting individual, um, both online and offline. I love hanging out with you, man. But when, why did you carry that for yourself? Or were you always like that? If you go back to being a child, were you always happy to be the interesting one, to stand out, or is it something that you've learned over time? I think I've always been a producer. Uh, because I was the youngest and the only girl uh, and I was a really horrible child and I wasn't particularly attractive looking so I knew that I had to work harder than my brothers to get attention my brothers are both very beautiful I mean so annoying Uh, and they're also very charming also very annoying so I knew that uh, if I wanted attention uh, I would have to find a better way of doing it Uh, And my mother tells me that when I was in uh, the cot pram, whatever it is, I used to pull myself up uh, when I was tiny, literally like two years old, so that I could watch TV. And when I was four, uh, apparently I said to her, you know, I'm going to work uh, in television one day. I'm going to do this. I mean, I probably said I'm going to be an astronaut and a go-go dancer and a dominatrix, but that's the one that she remembers. Uh, so, yes, I think I was always interested in it. You know, I trained as a journalist and, I do, do you know, I think I had really good bosses. I think that's it, actually. I've never really thought about it before. One of my bosses was a guy called Charlie Parsons and Charlie uh, created Survivor. So, you know, he's you know, pretty damn smart. And... It's genius. Don't no, don't say it like it's a guilty pleasure. It's the most genius format ever created. It's so sophisticated. It's such a smart concept. Your job is to be conniving and smarter than everyone else. Your job is to play everyone. It's to play chess with everyone around you. And that's what we do in life and business. You know, we're all producers. Your baby produces you. Mama biscuit mama you know your baby doesn't go biscuit now bitch because you're not going to give it to your dog but it'll pour up love me you know we we're produced all the time uh and that is the ultimate production that your job is to make sure that everybody loves you and that you double cross them and that you win it's your job to win it's genius but charlie i saw him um uh at new year we um were at a party uh, on a boat in the harbour, get me showbiz. And I sit him, and he now makes musicals. The man who made Survivor now makes musicals. He's taking one to Broadway this week. And I said to him, how come you're so successful? What is it, Charlie? And he said, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I'm curious. I think I'm curious. And he taught me to be curious. And he taught me to think, if everyone else is thinking... ABC, think X, Y, Z, and that's what we do in TV. So 
if someone had said to you, Janine, uh, we'll all be watching a TV show about people watching TV shows. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You're bonkers. Everyone's making big shiny floor shows like, you know, The X Factor and The Voice and Legoland, you know, all that stuff. And some very clever people said, why don't we make a TV show about people watching TV? Mm. And you're, I mean, it's it's genius. It's sold around the world. It's different. They thought differently. So Mm. instead of doing what everyone else was doing, there are two ways of doing everything in life, I think. Uh, You do the same as everyone else. You do it better. So I made The X Factor. The Voice came along. They had those spinning chairs. I hated them. I still hate them uh, because they beat us. They were better than us. They had the spinning chairs. They had a brand that anywhere in the world, if you had mimed pressing a button and turning around, someone would say, the voice. You go, yeah, I know. Or you do the exact opposite. So they did what we did. They did it better. Married at first sight. You know, what do you do? You date people and then you get married. No, do the opposite. You marry someone and then you decide whether to date them or not. It's the exact opposite. Or you do Gogglebox. You do the exact opposite of everyone else. So you make a TV show about people watching TV and it sells around the world. So um, I think TV has been brilliant. You know, you think about Big Brother. I made five series of Big Brother. All Big Brother is is people and some bricks. And you have to make that work. And you can't do it on ice or, you know, you you're, you have so many constraints and you have to reinvent it. So, you know, you do the same, but you do the opposite. You know, what can we do that make it different this year? And so I think um, I think TV was a really good training ground for me. And that concept of it's, it's such an interesting way of looking at this concept of curiosity or curious thinking about, you know, almost think you've got to think about what other people are thinking and then almost re rewrite it how do you see that applying to business or the individuals that you see around the world um, in terms of helping them cut through that white noise uh really simply i did some work with uh, a guy recently and uh, uh when i finished when i finished i said to him do you mind if i talk about you a lot he went oh okay uh, so i won't name him uh, <laughs> because that's too cruel but um he said to me, look, I want these meetings uh, with a film company and I can't get in the door. I said, okay. So tell me how you pitch them. And I said, let's have a look at your LinkedIn. His LinkedIn said, um, so my name is, ah, and I tell stories with pictures. I am a passionate filmmaker and I want to make a movie about Kung Fu. Right, okay. Are you going for the boring Olympics? Because if you are, there is a distinct possibility you will be winning gold with that one, my friend. And I said to him, so what have you done on set? What have you done in film? He said, I've done absolutely everything. You know, I've directed, I've been a driver, a bit of focus pull, a bit of caterer. Okay, tell me who you've directed. He said, well, I gave Sam Worthington his first job. Really? Bada bing. That's good. That's your number one. It shows that you recognize talent and that you're smart. What else have you done? Is I've been a driver. No, brilliant. Who have you driven? And you said, oh, I drove Vin Diesel for a while. No, brilliant. You know, tell me about that. And you said, uh, we didn't last long. No, All right. Why is that? And you said, oh, he fired me. No, All right. Okay. What did he fire you for? Best line ever. Driving too fast. 
fired you for driving too fast strike two my friend and I said why are you making this movie about kung fu he said well kung fu was actually created by a very small woman and it's all about using big people's strength against them it's very smart as a form of defense he said I had a chat with my little girl and she's nine and I said to her who are your heroes and she said Michelle Obama Taylor Swift uh, and he said, and that was it. He said, if I had a little boy, I think that my little boy would say the Avengers, X-Men, sports people, politicians, actors, just no end of heroes. And I want to create another hero for my little girl. I went, Brilliant. They're your three things. Samuel into her first job. Driver, Vin Diesel, fired for driving too fast. And the reason you're making this film the reason I should invest in it is because you want to create another hero for little girls. And that's brilliant. And you have to have something in your email title that gets attention. And I said, can you do any kind of martial arts? And he said, well, my partner can. My partner can kill someone in 10 seconds, leave no trace. Now, brilliant. Put that in your email title. So how to kill someone in 10, uh, 10 seconds and leave no trace. So um, he sent it off. And... He called me and he went, two hours, two meetings. Wow. Yeah. That's the difference between white noise, I tell stories with pictures, so does everyone with a phone. You know, I have 20 years experience of being a director and making a movie about Kung Fu. Really, who cares? Everyone says, I am a passionate with 20 years experience. You know, it doesn't mean you're good because you've been doing it for 20 years. <laughs> it's a very funny thing. People go, 20 years experience in this. You know, doesn't mean you're good. Uh, and someone wrote back to him almost instantly and said, uh, come in, someone in the office giving me the raving, ah, come in and we'll kill them and then we'll talk about your movie. And you go, brilliant. Yeah. So when businesses and individuals lose the white noise and say something that's interesting, people are interested. And when you have their attention, it's up to you what you do with it. I take you as far as getting their attention. And if you can deliver whatever it is that you want to deliver after that, the doors open. But unless we grab attention and keep it, we can have the best idea in the world and no one knows. How do you, how do you work this for yourself, Matt? So that's, I mean, that whole concept of pushing the envelope almost or the boundaries of how you talk about yourself in a world that essentially is asking people to conform um i i reckon you pretty much epitomize everything that you've talked about can you share with our listeners some of you know how, how does maz do walk and talk her own ip essentially how are you being interesting i look different not wildly you know i don't turn up for gigs looking like ronald mcdonald but i had a pal in the uk uh ali the loveliest human being and she was getting married and uh I said, oh, you know, I'll go and choose something for you to wear. And she said, I'm just going to be a bit casual. Said, casual? You're the bride. You're going to be casual. You're going to the gym. You know, people are dressing up. You know, they're going to take the day off work. They're going to spend a lot of money on a present. And, you know, it's a really big deal. You have to look like the bride. And I interviewed uh, James Brown, uh, name drop alert, uh, the godfather of soul, uh, 45,000 years ago. And I said to him, is there anything you do before you go on stage? And he said, yeah, I look in the mirror and I say this to the guy in the mirror. 
do you look like someone that people would pay good money to come and see? And he said, and if the answer is no, I go and I swish my hair up a bit more. I put on some diamonds. I put on a cloak. He said, but people have bought tickets and they've paid a babysitter and they've Ubered over and maybe they're going to have a meal beforehand. For some people, this is their first night out after having a child or they've been saving up for it. And he said, it's really special. So I do the kind of A, B, C, D, A, your attire. What do you look like? Because if you look like everyone else, I don't notice you. You know, one tiny thing that's different about you. So when... We're at a conference and we leave. How do I describe you? Because if I'm saying, oh, you know, the person in the dark suit, guess what? Invisible. But if you said, you know, it's the person with the red tie, they always wear a red tie. You know them. You know, Trump always wears a badly fitting suit. He's orange. And if you said, which world leader is orange? You would know, wouldn't you, that it was Trump. Uh, If you said, you know, who's the 45th president of the United States? You'd be a bit stuck. So it's, you know, what is your brand? So what do you look like? A, your attire. B, your body language. And a lovely friend of mine in the UK, when I used to be executive producer of shows and I was very young uh, and I would walk into a room and I could tell everyone was thinking, uh, I love a cup of tea, love, and uh, go and get me a biscuit and uh, put some money in the meter. And I'd have to sit down and go, well, here's a funny thing. I'm the boss. And uh, she said, walk into a room uh, and play the part of an executive producer. So imagine you're in a movie. What would you look like? How would you hold your bag? How would you put it down? How would you pause before you sit down? When you stood up, how long would you pause? Oh, yeah, okay. So I'll do all of that. C, your content. So what do you say? What's your message? And you think uh, the really great brands in the world uh, have one message. And I can't remember who said this, but someone said, imagine you're writing your message on 10 balls uh, and you throw them at me. How many can I catch? And the answer is, two at the most maybe if you have one message written on all 10 balls I'm going to get that message if you have 10 messages written on all the balls I might not catch the one you want so be very clear what your message is Trump make America great again you go there's a reason that that orange man is in power (laughs) and I think his messaging is amazing you know I don't like him but god his messaging is good Uh, and you think how many other world leaders at this point in history could you quote yeah. No one. I couldn't. Uh, and then how you deliver it. So your A, attire, B, your body language, C, your content, and D, your delivery. I'm very particular about how I look. You know, I have a brand and it's bright. And when I'm on stage, generally I wear something shiny. I never wear black on stage because every background is black. Yeah. I'll disappear. Uh, I know exactly what I'm going to say. I think it through. I produce it. So I have a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, I know that comedy trumps everything. Uh, so I try to be as funny as I can. Uh, and I know how to deliver it because I've put, you know, 10,000 people on camera. So I can give people tips about, you know, and I do that myself. I think, how am I going to say this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, lots of things that you can do. We love reveals. TV, we do reveals all the time. And a reveal is kind of a tease. And we like to be teased. You know, it's why we wrap presents. You know, just go, hey, I've got your slippers. You're going to go, what is it? Have a squeeze. Feel it. What do you think it is? You know, we go and watch strippers, not you and I. But you never see a stripper jump out and go, I'm in the nude. Here's my fanny. You know, it just doesn't happen. You'll take a little bit off and you show a bit of shoulder and then you'll put it back on again. And you'll turn around and you'll, oh. Uh, And we love that. 
would yeah. love being teased, you know. Yeah. So, and I think we forget that sometimes when we are hosting stuff and presenting stuff. So, yeah, I think about everything. I think about my brand constantly. Mm. And, yeah, I suggest everyone does. Well, everyone should is what you're saying. If, um, yeah, if you don't have a brand, guess what? You yeah. don't have a brand. And if I can't tell people who you are, guess what? I can't tell people who you are. Yeah. So given this podcast is called Unleashing Brilliance, what does, what does that word or those words mean to you? I think everybody has brilliance in them. But sometimes we have to ask the right questions. We have to do the right things to get there. And I think part of it is being curious. And when I give people the example in TV, TV world, uh, I give an example of one tiny thing we did on The X Factor. People speak in white noise all the time. And if you've watched uh, a TV show, particularly a reality show, people say this all the time. Uh, I really want to win this. It's not my time to go. I'm going to give it 110%. Uh, I'm nervous but excited. Same stuff. And I call them no shit Sherlock statements. So imagine Usain Bolt on the start line at the Olympics. You would never say to him, Are Usain, do you want to win this? He kind of go. It's the Olympics. Of course I want to win it. But we still say it in TV. We say, yeah, I really want to win this. Well, guess what? You're in a competition. Of course you want to win it. Uh, people say the same three words when you say, how are you? Nervous but excited. So I say to my team, ask them why. Because really boring producers, someone will say, I'm nervous but excited. And they'll tick it. They'll go, yeah, got that. But ask them why. Why are you nervous? I've never sung in public before. Right. Why? Come from a family of lawyers. Parents want me to be a lawyer. Right. Okay. Why is that? Well, mum, dad, both lawyers, uncle, brother, all lawyers, family of lawyers. And if I went back now and told them I want to be a singer, not going to work. Okay. Uh, is anyone here today? Yeah, my parents are here. Where? Over there. Okay. Do they know you're here? No. Did you get them tickets? Yeah. Right. So we would then say, you know, go and talk to those two people in the blue over there, you go up to them, just filming some people in the audience. Do you mind if we have a chat with you? You know, how come you're here today? You know, kid got me the tickets. Oh, brilliant. Is your child a singer? No, my child's a lawyer. Oh, really? Why? Family of lawyers. Oh, who's a lawyer? Mum, dad, brother, sister, auntie, uncle. Brilliant. What would you say if your kid wanted to be a singer? <laughs> it's not going to happen. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for your time. And suddenly, you have a beautiful story. You have something that's interesting. And you have that because you're curious. And most people will stop at nervous but excited. But when you're really good at something, you don't take the obvious. You look at it in a different way. And when you do that with yourself and your business, it works. And I think everyone has an amazing story inside them. And, you know, in TV, it's my job you know, it was my job to tell it and to find it. Uh, but it's it's hard to find it. But everyone has something amazing about themselves. And it takes a little while to find it. I did some work with a woman uh, and I said, what's your unique selling point? What's different about you? And she said, the thing that's different about me is absolutely nothing. Went, right, okay. She said, yeah. So I come from an average suburb 
and I live in a house that is the mean price of all the properties in that average suburb. We drive a Holden. I have 2.5 children. She said, I am the most average person in Australia. If you wanted to do a survey, you could just pop around my house and ask me. She said, I even have average blood pressure. You go, that is magnificent. And she then became known as average blood pressure woman. Everyone has an interesting story, but sometimes you just need to scratch it, find it, and dig deep and open it up and have a look at it. Uh, and when you can tell that story, you can introduce yourself in a way that's interesting. It's, it opens doors. It's like comedy. Imagine someone saying, you know, knock, knock. Oh, there's no one in. <laughs> or you say, knock, knock, who's there? And it's the opportunity for a joke. Most mm-hmm. people introduce themselves in a knock, knock, no one in. And you go, right, there's nowhere for me to go. But, uh, you know, if knock, knock, you know, I, I would love you to meet you. Uh, or I'll tell you what I do. I am, oh, here's a funny thing. I'm really average. So if you're looking for someone really average, it's interesting. You know, I gave Vin Diesel, or Sam Worthington his first job. I, uh, you know, yeah. sat fired by Vin Diesel. Yeah, they go, these are interesting things. I call it sticky information, information that sticks in your head. It's got to stick in my head. If it doesn't stick, it's gone. And when you leave the room, I can't remember you. can't remember what you looked like, how you moved, what you said, or how you said it. And if I can't remember you, I can't remember you. Oh, it's just there's so much genius. And I love that concept of sticky moments. And we all think in pictures as well. So, you know, even just as you've been describing those people, I'm visualizing them. And, and, yes. and that's the stuff you remember. On the flip side, because I'm sure you've heard this through, you've heard things during your TV producing career. I'm sure you've heard this from your audiences you speak to and the clients you work with. Can you think of one of those bits of advice that you constantly hear people living their life by and you just want to almost smack it out and go, stop listening to that? Is there a particular piece of advice that you just wish people would stop listening to? Oh, I'd love people not to be media trained. <laughs> I'd love that because I do the opposite of uh, everyone else's media training. You know, and they say you should speak at a steady space, pace and, uh, you know, uh, I, I call it white noise. And even people that I love and think are fascinating speak in jargon. And when we do, it distances us and we can't hear it. I speak in very simple language. You know, I really, you know, I could sit down with a four-year-old. We could have a discussion and we'd understand each other. And if you want someone to understand you, you have to do it like that. You know, Our scripts are really simple, but they're different. Uh, And I think when people, I I had a coffee with someone this morning and they spoke in letters, you know, K-P-R-R-O-I, Q-R-S. And I just constantly had to say to him, I'm so sorry. Imagine you're speaking to someone who doesn't speak in letters. Could you just tell me what you mean? And he's going, you know, well, it's a quick service restaurant. All right. Okay. So just say that. But it's. I don't know, we've become, when we distance ourselves from what we mean and we make it vanilla, it's vanilla and I can't hear it. And if you tell me what you do and why you do it in a way that actually comes from your heart, I'll hear it. I'm obsessed with messaging. I'm obsessed with it. And 
I see messaging everywhere. Yeah, you know the legacy days where you sell the pins. Yeah. You know, and uh, I was walking through uh, the station at Edgecliff with Smart Steph, who um, used to work with me. And this uh, schoolgirl said, um, do you want to buy a pin? I went, no. And Steph <laughs> said to me, no, come on, come on, come on. Went, no, give me one minute. Oh, for God's sake. And I said to the girl, I don't think you're selling pins. She went, yeah, I'm selling pins. I said, no. I think what you're selling is thank yous to heroes, people who've gone to war for people like me, who can't be bothered and are too scared and we want someone else to fight our battles for us. I want to sit in my lounge watching Netflix where someone else risks their life for me. And they're a hero, aren't they? She, yeah. I said, yeah. You're selling thank yous to heroes being to war to keep us safe. You're not selling pins. I said, I'm going to go and get a coffee with Steph. I'm on the way back. I want to see all those pins gone. And after she'd recovered from the initial shock of someone she didn't know <laughs> giving a free lecture uh we came back and i said how'd you go i sold them all i said yeah you did it's turning the notch on the safe one tiny little notch and the safe opens and there's a big difference between selling thank yous to heroes and selling pins and most in most businesses sell pins uh, and the ones that are really smart sell thank yous to heroes and I like to get them to the you're selling thank yous to heroes points. Maz, I think that is the perfect place as much as we could keep talking for hours and hours. Oh, I love the sound of my voice. We could be here for days. I just love that that final message of, you know, really what is it that you are standing for, being brave enough to yeah. that piece of the safe, that notch in the safe, that little bit further so that you are able to stand out in a world that actually is full of generic white noise um, where nobody is standing out. And it's the people that do. So as scary as it is to be different, that's actually what I think the world is wanting. Get it wrong. It's fine to get it wrong. Your job is to make mistakes. It's part of your job. If you're not failing, you're not trying hard enough. Love it. Um, is there anything else? Haven't you got a book out? Didn't you say, did I hear you say you got a new book out? Or I saw it on your social channel somewhere? I wrote a book uh, recently for the CEO Institute. I did a talk and it was a short a short run of, I think, I think it's about 200. Uh, and they're all gone. But it was a short book of, uh, I think, four or five chapters. And I'm writing the real thing, which is 10 chapters. Uh, and it will be available later in the year. And it's called uh, Not Famous because I'm not famous, but I have been around a lot of famous people and I've learned a lot from them. Yeah. That's a whole other podcast, I think. <gasps> oh, yeah. I'm going to lock that one in. Watch this space. We'll find out from the unbrilliant, uh, being brilliant stories from the famous people that we're not allowed to name. Um, Maz, how can people find you if they want to find out more? Uh, go to maz.com. And you'll see uh, the stuff that I do. I teach uh, speakers how to speak. Uh, so I ramp them up a level. And I work with, my friends call me the CEO whisperer because I go and I help CEOs be the rock stars in their industries. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I'm just thoroughly, absolutely obsessed with it. And I love it. And I want to do it every day for the rest of my life. And don't ask me about it because I'm so boring. I will talk about it forever. <laughs> it's been an absolute joy chatting with you today thank thanks you. so much getting you back on this show uh later on this year to unlock some of those secrets thanks so much for 
been great to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I think you are brilliant. Thank you. Thank you, as are you. We hope you enjoyed listening to The Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books, or find out more, visit her website, janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.